Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Hallelujah. God bless you. Welcome to church. Welcome to church. Hallelujah. Be seated for a while. Just sit down for a while. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is um, our Pleroma Wednesday. I just want to begin to introduce to you what Pleroma Wednesday is actually all about. Pleroma Wednesday, the word Pleroma is a Greek word. The word Pleroma is a Greek word. All right. And that, that word was, is translated as the fullness of the presence of God. I can, uh, we can see the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, and the last verse. The Ephesians chapter 1 and the last verse. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 1 and the last verse. It, it says, Hallelujah. Verse 23. It says, let me start from 22 so you understand. It says, and had put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Verse 23 says, which is his body? It says, the fullness of him that filleth all in all the fullness of him that filleth all in all so pleroma is the fullness of god of god's presence that's what pleroma is so when we say pleroma thursdays we are saying this is a meeting where we will experience the fullness can i hear you say um repeat after me say the fullness, the fullness. Of, god's of god's presence so pleroma wednesdays are not just um a time where we just hear the word of God is also a time where we enjoy the presence of God. You know, of course, the word of God is the first uh, manifestation of the presence of God. But there are other um, tangible manifestations of the presence of God, which is um, which can be gotten through worship, which can be gotten through prayers. But the word of God is one of the fundamental manifestations of the presence of God. So in Pleroma Wednesday, you'll be taught. We'll have Bible studies where the word, the word of God will appear so real to you and therefore you begin to encounter the presence of God in the word of God. The Bible says in the book of John, it says that um, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God and that word was made manifest in the flesh. Praise the Lord. So the word of God is God himself. So whenever we share the word of God, what we are doing is that we are introducing the presence of God into your life. We are introducing the presence of God into your destiny. That's what we do at Pleroma Wednesday. When we share the word of God, be excited to receive it. Be open to learn. Because as the word of God enters you, the Bible says in the book of Psalm chapter 130, and if you read from verse 119 downwards, it says the entrance of the word, Psalm 119 from verse 130 rather, the entrance of the word, give it light and understanding. So wherever the word of God enters you, it brings light to you and it brings understanding to you. That is the presence of God. A man with light is a man with the presence of God. A man with unusual understanding is a man with the presence of God. And it comes by the entrance of the word. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So our that's what we do. We share the word of God and then we give room for prayers and we give room for uh, worship. And so that we, when we leave this church or when we leave the atmosphere, we are going back to our houses full of the presence of God. Somebody say, I'm full of the presence of God. I'm full of the presence of God. 
Now, we are, we, I'm saying this not because you as a believer do not have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit as a believer. But there is an, a measure to which you can have the Holy Spirit. There is a measure where he's just on your inside. There's a measure where he overflows from your inside outward. So, Pleroma Wednesday is that meeting where you are charged with the word, charged with prayers, charged with the worship. So much so, the presence of God from your inside overflows on the outside. And you know, what, that kind of energy that overflows on the outside can settle many matters. I can give you ex examples from the, um, the upper room. Those guys, as they, as they pray, the Bible says, the Bible says, tongues of fire came on their head. There was an energy within, but the energy came and it became so much that it began to manifest on the outside. And as a believer, if you must, if you must conquer your world, if you must dominate your environment, the power within has to be so much that it can show up on your outside. That people can feel it even from the way you talk, from just passing them. The Bible says Apostle Paul in those days, he had passed by people who were sick and his shadow was able to heal the sick. That could only happen because the presence of God had been so much, has accumulated so much and now it's overflowing. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, that's my life. <laughs> say louder. Say, that's my life. That's my the life. presence and power of God will be so much upon you. It will overflow. And people who are around you will notice that you have met with the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. So today, I want to teach on something I captioned. For love's sake, reject smallness. Somebody say, for love's sake. For love's sake. Reject smallness. Yeah. Say it again. Say, for love's sake. No. Reject smallness. Yes. If you if if you were at our service on Sunday, you would have understood what I said a lot of things about love. I said a lot of deep things about love. And I said that it is your understanding of the love of God that will make you to change certain things that you do, change certain characters that you portray. It is your understanding of the love of God that will position you where you are supposed to be in Christ. It is your understanding of the love of God that will push you to a place of prayer. Your understanding of the love of God is what will make you to start having the urge for fasting. And they will come and give you food and they say, Ah, Michael, Afana, you never chop. Oh. You know they chop and you tell them, My hunger is not catching me. It is your understanding of the love of God. When the love of God comes upon you, you understand, when your understanding of the love of God is, is enveloping you, or you truly understand what the love of God is, you get to a point where like me, for instance, one time, I wanted to go for an evangelism. My father said I should not go. I should not go for evangelism. It's about to rain. I should not go for evangelism. Do you know that because of the love that was burning on my inside, I, 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 I fell down on the ground and I started crying and begging my father to allow me. <laughs> Amen? I literally was crying because I had come into an understanding and a revelation of the love of God for me. And that love was bubbling and wanted to express itself that love was pushing me to pray that love was pushing me to fast that same love was pushing me to evangelize and so when my dad said i can't go i cried i wept because of the love of god so that is one of the um, things that this ministry is about we are going to bring you to an a clear revelation of the love of god for you and that love will shape your life somebody shout amen amen hallelujah so in today's meeting, I just want to say this. 
maybe you didn't hear what I said. The topic is for love's sake, reject smallness. What is smallness? Smallness is a tendency to, to be average. Smallness is the tendency to not go beyond a particular level. Smallness is a tendency of mediocrity. Smallness is that, that thing, that ideology, that mentality that, that keeps you confined in a space. That ideology and that mentality that makes you not want to dream big. That is what smallness is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So smallness is the tendency to want to stay average. The tendency to be confined to a small space. You don't want to do big, big things. The tendency to dream small dreams. The inability to see beyond where you are born and raised. The inability to see beyond the problems around you. Beyond the family history. Beyond the family challenges you are facing. The inability to see beyond even your weaknesses is called smallness. The inability to dream big. You've never, you have never for one day imagined yourself a millionaire. It's called smallness. That is the spirit of smallness. Somebody say the spirit of smallness. Say it louder. Say the spirit of smallness. You have no place in my life. Say from now going forward. The spirit of smallness has no place in my life. Come on, if you believe it, shout amen. So what helps you to overcome the spirit of smallness what will help you reject the spirit of smallness is love 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 and that's what i'm about to show you today i can prove it to you from scriptures in the book of matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 matthew chapter 5 and verse 14 the bible says for ye are the light of the world you are a city set on the hill that cannot be hidden Somebody say, I'm the light of the world. Say, I'm a city set on the hill. I should not be hidden. This is who you are. This is what the Bible says we are. So even the Bible says that you are a global entity. It did not say you are the light of, of um, Angwa Hashimu. He didn't say you are the light of Abacha Road. He didn't say you are the light of Abuja. He said you are the light of the world. So if you are connected to this ministry, one of the things we train you to do and become is that we train you to become a global influence. Can I hear you echo back at me as a global influence? Because that's what the Bible says. So everything that makes you think and behave and act and live your life like you are going to, you are going to end up in, in, in Abuja or end up in Abacha Road is not of God. Anything that will make you feel like your life cannot be better than that of your father is not of God that is that is a thought from the pit of hell that is an ideology from Satan and it must be rejected the Bible says you are the light of the world amen, amen. he didn't confine you to smallness he says the world say again I'm the light of the world you are the light of Europe you are the light of Asia you are the light of America you are the light of Antarctica. You are the light of the world. That's what the Bible says. And the Bible calls you a city. So when we say love life city, we are not, we are not joking. This is a city. Every one and each of us are a city. Somebody say, I'm a city. I am a city. 
There is no city that is not recognized by the, by the world. No city. Every city is in the world map. Every city is recognized by the world. Some say I'm a city and I will be recognized. You are a city. The Bible says you are a city set on the hill that cannot be hidden. You are a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Please, sir, I would like you to help me tell this guy that he should just excuse a little bit. He should go somewhere a little bit far that his noise is affecting our video. Thank you. Glory to God. Somebody shout Amen. Oh. Amen. I, are, you are we together? Yes. Alright. And I would advise the next time we are coming to church, let's come with something to write with, you know, just a jotter and a pen. It will help you in no, in no small way. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the first point. I want you to understand that God has made you a global citizen. God has made you a global influence. God has made you a city that, that should not be hidden. Somebody say, I will no longer be hidden. I will no longer be hidden. Amen. Amen. Number two point I want you to take note of is that your impact on humanity is a function of the intensity of your love for humanity. Mark chapter 12 and verse 33. I'm, I'm going to read very fast. Mark chapter 12 and verse 33. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mark chapter 12 and verse 33. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The, the Bible says, it says, from verse 33, it says, And to love him with all your heart. Let me read from the 32. Okay. It says, And to love him with all your heart. Amen. And with all your understanding. And with all your soul. And with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 32 says, And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth, for there is one God, and there is one, no other, but him. Amen? Amen. So, um, other translation says this. Praise the Lord. Other translation says this. It says, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might, with everything. And then thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Praise the Lord. So, what does this mean? Your impact on humanity is a function of your love for humanity. So, if you must be able to become a global influence, if you must be able to become a global influence, it has to begin from a place of love. Amen? Love for people. You cannot, Samuel, I'm getting some noise from you. You cannot, you cannot, for instance, if you're married, you cannot love your wife naturally. And you get to a point where you, you don't have issues. You don't, if you love your, your wife with the natural human love that you have, you're going to have a problem. You're going to quarrel with that woman. You're going to, you're going to fight with that woman someday, whether you like it or not. So there is a kind of love that you, you need to show to humanity. You need to express to humanity. And that love is not natural love. That love is agape love. It's a love that comes from God. Amen? Amen. So but how do you get this love? The Bible says in this scripture we just read, it says thou shalt love the, the Lord with all your heart, all your strength, and then thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. So when you love God, that love will produce a level of confidence within your heart that will make you love 
every other person. Praise the Lord. When you love God, it's easy for that love to multiply. And then that love can be shown to your, your, your wife, your friends, your, your brothers, your sisters. But it has to be from God. You have to love God first. This scripture we just read said, you will love your neighbor as yourself. So when you love God, you begin to love your own self. Amen? And when you love yourself, you can love someone else. The reason why many people treat other people bad is because they feel that their own life has scattered. For instance, the thief on the highway is robbing because he feels that his own life is, is terrible. He has suffered and he has to rob somebody else. He doesn't like himself. He doesn't like his life. And so he's robbing someone. He's inflicting pain on somebody else. He lacks the love of God. Praise the Lord. And that kind of person will end up small. That kind of person will end up a mediocre. Because when the love of God comes into your heart, it makes you to want to give to the world. It makes you to want to shine to the world. It makes you to want to influence the world. Because you are going to love people. When you see somebody begging on the streets who should be in school, your heart will break. You want to assist. You want to help. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. What did he do next? He gave. His only begotten son. Love was designed to make anybody a global influence. The love of God was designed. Let me tell you. If, any, if, if you are doing anything, you are start, you're doing any business, and the reason you did that business and started that business was just to make money. You didn't start the business to serve people, to be a blessing to humanity. That business might have issues on the long run. But any business you started because you want to be a blessing to humanity, or maybe you want to be a blessing to the church, you want to give to, to the church, you want to be able to assist the, a ministry, you want to be able to help your family, you are doing it because of somebody in mind, other than yourself. That business will, will stand. You are doing that business to serve people other than yourself. That business will stand. That business will grow. But only the love of God in your heart. Somebody say the love of God. Love of God. Only the love of God in your heart can make you think of other people more than you think about yourself. I can prove that to you from scripture. Praise the Lord. I want to show you John chapter 15 and verse 13. What happens when a man has the love of God? John chapter chapter 15 and verse 13. The Bible says, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lays down his life for his friend. Greater love has no man than this, that a man will lay down his life for his friend. So the kind, the kind of love that we call the love of God is the love that will make you die for somebody. Can you imagine? The kind of love that will make you want to even give your life for somebody else. That's the love God wants you to have. And he says, when you have this kind of love, you can change your world. It says, when you love me, 
you will love your neighbor as yourself. And when you love your neighbor, when you see your friend is misbehaving, you see that it, it, his lifestyle is going to take him to hell. Your heart will pain you. You want to preach to him. You want to get him saved. You don't want him to suffer in hell. When you see that girl behaving, sleeping around, you, you will pity her. You will not want to be part of the guys that will define her. You will pity her and want to help her come out of such lifestyle. Only, only the love of God in your heart can make you do it. If it's natural love, you, yeah, my, my, don't be my business, don't be my business. I didn't go my own way. That's natural love. So you need a, an extraordinary love and that love can only come from God. Praise the Lord. Any love you give to God, he multiplies it and gives it back to you. So you want to get that kind, God kind of love? Simple. Love God with all your strength, with all your might. You, you know, initially you'll be struggling. You'll be struggling to love God. You'll be struggling to come to church. You'll be struggling to evangelize. You'll be struggling to pray. You'll be struggling to read your Bible. But the Bible says, when you love God with all, of you, all, all, all you've got, it will get to a point where you begin to love your neighbor as yourself. So it means you'll get to a point where you will love yourself. You, you will be confident about yourself. You'll be happy with yourself. And then you'll begin to love other persons. You begin to care for other persons. You become concerned with other persons. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. So naturally, human beings are selfish. And that is why many people are on the average. But a man who adopts the love of God will not be an average. Somebody say, I will never be an average. The love of God makes you a global influence. The Bible did not say for God love two people, three people. The Bible says for God loves the world. So the love of God will bring you to the point where you can influence your world for God. Influence people for God. Are you with me? And another point I want you to note is that the frequency of your love is measured by how much sacrifice. I think I've already spoken about it. By how much sacrifice you are willing to make for the for the one you love so the, the the intensity the energy of the love that you possess is a function of how much sacrifice you can make for the one you love let me explain it this way the bible says greater love has no man than the one that will lay down his life for his friends so if you are able to to love God so much that you can give anything to God. You can do anything for God. The Bible says that it will increase your, your, your bar. It will increase the energy of love you have on your inside. Have you noticed this? All of you, let me give you an example. Have you noticed that when you give a gift to somebody, maybe a girl, maybe somebody you, you like, you give it, even if you don't like the person, once you give a gift to somebody, something in you will start liking the person more. Try it. Try it. If you don't like somebody, some, maybe the person is angry, make you, made you angry sometimes, go and buy something that costs you. Maybe you, you empty half of your account or all of your account to buy that thing. And you give that. The moment you give that person, you, you will start liking that person. 
Yeah, you won't know when. Amen? You won't know when. Something in you will open up. So, anybody who is living a life of sacrifice, to, is sacrificing his all for God, his capacity to love God will naturally increase. I remember when we used to trek from place to place in Kano. I grew up in Kano, by the way. I was born there and I grew up there. We trek from street to street. We are going for evangelism. Some days we'll go for hospital visitation. After going trekking for, we usually do it on Saturdays. After trekking for a very long time, I'm supposed to be tired, right? I will come back and I don't know what energy comes. I will still pray for hours. That thing that was happening to me was that as I sacrificed, as I gave my time, my energy towards God, my love, my capacity of love for God increased. I began to love him more. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is what the Bible says. Greater love has no man than this. That a man is able to lay. So any man that is able to. <laughs> that is why when, they, when, when somebody tells you Jesus loves you. Believe it. If Jesus could die for you. He gave his all for you. Even, though, even if he, was, he didn't love you before, as soon as he died for you, his love for you had increased. You should have that confidence that God loves you too much. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh. Now, another point I want you to notice is that your love for God is sponsored by your revelation of him. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 19. Verse 9, rather. Your love for God is sponsored by your revelation of him. Praise the Lord. Remember how we started. I told you that if you must, you are a global citizen. You are a global, God has made you a global influence. And if you must become that global influence, you must have the love of God. The love of God is what enables you to influence your world because it takes love to affect the world for god so loved the world and he gave God said, amen and i'm showing you how to grow that love one of the ways i've just mentioned the first way i told you how to grow the love is that you have to sacrifice you have to give your all towards god if you want to grow that love the second now i'm showing you is that you have to have a revelation of God to grow your love for God and your love for humanity. Remember, anytime your love for God is growing, your love for people will grow. Amen? There are couples that have lived for 100, uh, 40 years, 50 years, 70 years. The husband has not laid hands on his wife. Never. And it's not that the wife is not annoying, but it is the love of God. It's beyond natural love. Number two, I, I, number two, I said, your love will grow. The capacity of your love for God will grow by revelation. So Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Can, you, can we go there? Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. If you're there, say, I'm, I'm there. No, you're not there. <laughs> Philippians 1 and verse 9. You, you want to read? Okay, let me read. Let me just read so that um, we can be fast. Philippians... 
Philippians 1 and verse 9. The Bible says, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. Praise the Lord. He says, I pray that your love will increase in knowledge. So your love will increase because you have knowledge. Your love will increase because you have insights. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So if you see anybody not loving God, it's because that person does not know him well. Anybody who is so carefree, when they talk about church, talk about activities in church, the person don't care. If you find that person, he does not know God. So that's one, one of the th things we do in this church is that we pray a prayer that God will help us know him. Ephesians 1 and verse 17. He says, he says, the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. And I will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. I will talk about that some other time. But please note this. Your revelation of God is your sponsor of love. The more you know God, the more you will love him and love people. The Bible says, for whoever hates his brother does not know me. If you, if you want to love, if you want your love to grow, you must, you must look for God. So that's why in this ministry we teach you deeply. We teach you the word of God deeply so that you can know God for yourself. Amen? Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. When Jacob had an encounter with God in Bethel, when Jacob had an encounter with God in Bethel, he became different. He became more committed to God. He was a con man. He was a con man. But as soon as he had that encounter with that angel, he, he became different. He changed. He started looking for ways to make peace with his brother. He, started, he became more of a person of love because he had, he had met with God. I pray for someone listening to me tonight. May you meet with Jesus. I thought you shout a louder amen. amen. I said I thought you shout a louder amen. amen. I thought your amen will shake this place. Amen. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, neighbor. No matter what you are doing. No say neighbor. neighbor. No matter what you are doing. Make sure you meet with Jesus. Make sure you have a revelation of Jesus. Because, hallelujah. Anybody who knows Jesus will love him. Will love God more. Anybody who, on, who have a revelation of Christ will love him like never before. So lift up your right hand and say, Heavenly Father, let the eyes of my understanding be opened. Say again, say, Heavenly Father, may I encounter you in unique ways. May I know you like never before. May I know you and the power of your resurrection. Reveal yourself to me through your word, through dreams, through visions. May I know you. Say loud, Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want to I want, I'm rounding off already how do you revive your love for God maybe you used to love God before how many of you noticed 
when you gave your life to Christ, when you first gave your life to Christ, you, you, you wanted to pray more. You wanted to evangelize more. How many of you noticed that? When you gave your life to Christ, the first time you gave your life to Christ, almost every time you are in church. So there are people that are like that. When they, when they first gave their life to Christ, they were in love with God. They had just met Jesus. Like, you know, the woman, the, the, the Bible calls her the Samaritan woman. Do you know the moment she met with Jesus at the well, Jesus came to her like a guy man says, ah, I'm thirsty, give me water to drink. The, uh, the woman looked at Jesus and said, no, 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 no. The Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritan. Go your way, go your way, go your way. And Jesus began to prophesy to her. Says, you, 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 are not, you, you don't have a husband. He said, yes, I don't have a husband. And then he says, yes, of course, you have five husbands. And you are not married to any of them. So she became shocked. That encounter with Jesus made her, you know, shocked. And guess what happened? Her love grew. She ran into the city. She began to tell everybody, hey, come and see a man. Oh, he has told me everything about him. Somebody tell your neighbor, meet Jesus. Say, tell your neighbor, you need to meet Jesus. You need to meet Jesus. The Bible says she ran into the city calling everybody. Everybody gathering them. Garden them. Everybody, everybody started looking for Jesus. See, if you are that kind of person that maybe when you were when you first gave your life to Christ, you were in love with Jesus, and now the love has gone down. I want to show you how to bring it back. Can I show you? Yes. Can I show you how to bring your love back? Yes. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter two and verse five. Let's see that first. It says, do the. Let's let's see that first. Revelation two and verse five. Please, this is this is like a Bible study. So if you're coming next time, come with a note and come with a pen. Revelation two. And verse 5. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Revelation 2 and 5. Remember, therefore, from when thou hast fallen. Let me read from verse 4. It says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. I have something against you. What do I have against you? You have left your first love. That's what the Bible is saying. Praise the Lord. The Bible says that God says, I have something against you. Anybody who used to love God before and stopped loving God and stopped loving God, God is looking at you and wondering why. God is wondering why you left. He says, I have something against you that you have forgotten your first love. Now, how do you return back to your first love? The next verse says is verse 5. Verse 5 tells us how do you how you return back to your it says, nevertheless, it says, Remember, therefore, from when thou hast fallen and repent. And do the first work. Somebody say, do the first works. Say it again. Say, do the first works. He says, do the first works, or else I'll come unto thee quickly, and I'll, and we will remove thy candlestick out of his place. What this means is that that if you don't go back and do the first works, I'll talk about what it means to do the first works. If you don't go back and do the first works, when the rapture comes, when the rapture happens, that's the first meaning. When the rapture happens, you will, not, you will not make it. You will not be there. Number two meaning is that if you don't go back and do the first works, your influence on humanity will be taken away from you. The Bible says, remember the scripture we read the first time, says you are the light of the world, right? The Bible says, this last scripture says, I will come and take away your candlestick. You will no longer be an influence to your world anymore. You will no longer be a city that the Bible calls you. Because you have forgotten your first love. Praise the Lord. So how do you go back to your first love? It says do the first works. What, how, what does it mean to do the first works? That thing you were doing when you first gave your life to Christ. Go and start doing it again. That's what it means. Ah, 
oh i don't know what is wrong with me i can't pray i can't fast i just tired every time every time i'm tired i'm depressed i feel like my life is ending when you first gave your life to christ you are fasting you are praying you are going for evangelism you are winning souls for christ go back force yourself tell your neighbor force yourself Say with all your strength, with all your might, go back to the first work. As the Bible says, as soon as you go back to the first law, first works, those things you are doing before. In the night, nobody with every in the, every night you can't you just keep praying, pray for one hour, pray for. If you go back, if you if you if you determine and you go back to the first works, the Bible says that. You have the first love return back to you. That is that thing, the way they shot you before, will come back. Somebody say loud, amen. amen. Somebody here is having a recovery of their first love. Somebody say amen. amen. You know when you first, when you, I don't know if you remember when you first loved a girl or you loved a guy. The first time you, you, you sure you behave like somebody that is mad. Eh? That's what love can do. When you love God, when that first love comes back, people will look at you and say, hey, you, you, holy, holy. You do like a mad woman. Every time, church, every time, church. Somebody say with me, Father, I received my first love back. Amen. amen. You believe that, say loud, amen. amen. So that is how to revive your love for God, number one. Number two, how to revive your love for God. Join a community of people who love whose love are for God are on fire Proverbs 27 and verse 17 the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and verse 17 says as says iron sharpeneth iron as iron sharpeneth iron so the countenance of one sharpens the other so oh i am struggling oh my love for god has gone down my passion for god has gone down my fire for god has gone down what should i do i should start looking for a people who are sharp who are on fire whose lives are on fire for god and it's so great that this is a church of young people you're a young person you're a young guy you're younger and you, you're noticing that you're not loving god like you used to Look for young people and see, see the, just stay around them. Even though you are, you, you are struggling with prayer, stay around where they are praying and watch what will happen to you. Somebody shout, catch fire. Catch fire. Say it louder, say catch fire. Catch fire. The Bible says, as, as you, as I your sharpness, and so shall your countenance sharpen the other. So some of you now, that as you are looking at me, my face is sharpening, is, is triggering a fire in your inside. Amen? So do not go and isolate yourself. If you want to start loving God more, you want your love for God to come back, don't isolate yourself. Look for people who love him and join them. Tell your neighbor, join them. Yeah. Number three. I can also show you another scripture to press my point. Psalm 133 and verse 1. It says, How good it is for brethren to, to, to dwell together in unity. It is like oil poured from the head of Aaron. To his beard and to his loins. How beautiful. When you come to a place of people where people love God, the Bible says, Amen. Amen. Are you still here? Yes. When you come to a place or a community of people that love God, 
The Bible says it's like an oil that is flowing from the head of Aaron that flows. It says the oil will come on 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 the, maybe the pastor from the pastor. It will start flowing. It will flow to the choir. It will flow to the ushers. It will flow to the members. The Bible says it flows from the head of Aaron downwards. So you can't you see see you can't you can't be cold if you are around the people who are hot. Tell your neighbor look for a community and join them no the last the last way to get your love back on track is refuse to love yourself more than god put yourself last every time put yourself last every time the fastest killer the fastest killer of love for god is selfishness somebody tell your neighbor neighbor did you hear what pastor said the fastest killer of your love for God is selfishness what is selfishness selfishness is when you're all concerned about yourself oh where I go eat today where I go wear today every time you're thinking about yourself every time you're thinking about yourself let me tell you what you call depression depression is a product of self-absorbedness people fall depressed when all they think about is their life they don't think about how somebody else will get better how to bless somebody how to help somebody are you are you getting what i'm saying amen amen so when you are thinking about yourself 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 and things are not working for you things are not you know are not moving for you, you you'll be depressed because all you have is yourself for a person who is selfish all the person has is himself but for a person who has overcome selfishness that person has God somebody say amen. amen that person has God that person has other people in his life so you cannot you cannot be different a, a person who is not selfish is never alone amen a person who is not has, that has overcome selfishness is never alone and because he's never alone he cannot be depressed praise the Lord you didn't shout it like you mean it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's like this noise is disturbing us too much. But it is well. Amen. 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 I want to read a scripture to you. Let's say that you will know why I'm saying what I am saying. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 2. This is the last scripture before we close. Because we need to close by exactly 7. 2 Timothy chapter 3 from verse 2 to 4. The Bible says, let me read from my own this thing. Let me read from here. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. 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 Second Timothy chapter 3, 2 to 4. Um, I'm going to read from verse 1. It says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Verse 2 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Hey, the list is long. It says in the last days, many shall be lovers of what? Many shall be lovers of what? Of themselves. So if you see yourself always thinking about me, 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 know that what the Bible is saying, that you are fulfilling that prophecy. Know, know that this last day is happening to you. The Bible says in the last day, many will just, everything they want to do is me, 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 me. 
And that selfishness is what is producing sin. Look at the sin he's mentioning. Big, big grammar. Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors. Traitors is for, is, means betrayer. Heady stubbornness. High-minded pride. Lovers of pleasure. More than lovers of pleasure. So it is, it is selfishness that makes the love of God in the heart of a man to go down. It's self-absorbed life that makes that happen. It is selfishness that that self that thing that is telling you, oh, go, go, go and drink beer, go and drink beer, go and drink beer. Every time beer, every time beer, every time beer. That, that thing that is making you to love pleasure more than God is going to kill your love for God. Amen? Amen. 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 How many of you have noticed this? How many of you have noticed this? That there is a way that you are going to eat a particular kind of food. There's a way you are going to like a you are going to love a particular kind of food. And you, you will forget that others exist. For instance, if you have the money to always, for me, I used to like rice, um, um, rice and stew. So if you have the money, to, if I have the money to only always buy rice and stew, I notice that I see, I stress noticing that I will eat rice and stew for a very long time. And I won't think about any other thing. I won't eat any other thing. That's the same thing that happens. When, you, when your love for yourself is more than your love for God, you're always thinking about yourself, you always love yourself, always want to love to do things for yourself, to make yourself comfortable. The love you have for God will grow cold. Praise the Lord. Say, neighbor, did you hear what the pastor said? Don't allow the love for yourself to exceed your love for God. Think of God before yourself. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. How many of you here, you want your love to come back on fire? Let me see your hands. You want your love to come back on fire? I pray for you right now. Your love is restored. Your the fervency and the fire of your love for God is restored. Amen. I thought you say louder, Amen. Amen. Now stand to your feet and just pray.